I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 94 on page 457. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, Thou God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show Thyself. Arise, Thou Judge of the world, and reward the proud after their deserving. Lord, how long shall the ungodly, how long shall the ungodly triumph? How long shall all wicked doers speak so disdainfully, and make such proud boasting? They smite down Thy people, O Lord, and trouble Thine heritage. They murder the widow and the stranger, and put the fatherless to death. And yet they say, Tush, the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Take heed, ye unwise among the people. O ye fools, when will ye understand? He that planted the ear shall he not hear, or he that made the eye shall he not see. Or he that instructeth the heathen, it is he that teacheth man knowledge. Shall not he punish? The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are but vain. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him in thy law. That thou mayest give him patience in time of adversity, till the pit be digged up for the ungodly. For the Lord will not fail his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Until righteousness turn again unto judgment, all such as are true in heart shall follow it. Who will rise up with me against the wicked, or who will take my part against the evildoers? If the Lord had not helped me, it had not failed, but my soul had been put to silence. But when I said, My foot hath slipped, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. In the multitude of the sorrows that I had in my heart, thy comforts have refreshed my soul. Wilt thou have anything to do with the throne of wickedness, which imagineth mischief as a law? They gather them together against the soul of the righteous. 
and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my refuge, and my God is in the strength of my confidence. He shall recompense them their wickedness and destroy them in their own malice. Yea, the Lord our God shall destroy them. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 29th verse of the 48th, 47th chapter of Genesis. When the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. Then he said, Swear to me, and he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please, please bring them to me and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I, th I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life, all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, let my name be named among them, and, thy, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my, my bow. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Gather together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength. 
the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, you shall not excel, because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it, and he went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you, will, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people, binding his donkey to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 14th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is, it prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the tongue, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. 
Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we, who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercy be relieved, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create making us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. I want to reflect a little bit this morning on, on the idea of, of God's redemption, you know, experienced in his providential ordering of things. I remember I did a Bible study once uh, with a group of people, and there was a woman um, who used to always say she didn't really like studying the Old Testament because people, the people were so bad, you know, you, know, you see the selling your brother and all this kind of stuff. And, of course, if a close look at the New Testament reveals, like letter to the Corinthians, that they weren't all, like, good there. But um, I always felt differently about the Old Testament in the sense that it really reveals that that God's redemption works in real life. I mean, this family is kind of a mess, and yet this is the vehicle God is using to save, you know, that family and then the whole world. And so we have the situation where they, they, they've come to Egypt now and Joseph's been reconciled, uh, Jacob's been reconciled with Joseph. And to accept God's providence is to embrace the world as it is, that God has um, taken this hor horrific act of selling a brother into slavery and brought something good out of it so that Joseph is able to let go of of the bitterness and even the brothers could could be full of you know well you it was your idea not my idea and and certainly um uh Jacob himself I I wonder what that conversation was like when the the brothers went back to their father to tell them that Joseph was alive so so dad you know about that story where you know, we we said we didn't know what happened to our brother. Turns out, you know, we, we kind of did know, um, and this is what happened. But Jacob comes down to Egypt, and now he's embracing. He he continually has seen in his life what God has done, and so the fact that we see redemption in this really messy family of of Israel speaks to us that that redemption can happen in the really messiness of our own families. And in fact, it is sometimes the the messiness itself, the, the the things in our family, the things that we wish weren't there, that are the very things that cause us to to turn to God and trust in Him. Because with um, you know, if everything went the way we thought they should go, you know, and we did these things, they all worked out well, we would we would think we did it all. And it's usually when something happens that's not right that we have to turn to God and trust that we find the entry of Christ into our lives through the weakness and the need for redemption. So what we might call the sort of the gift of contentment in the spiritual life is, is freedom from regret about the past, bitterness about what was done, what either what we did or what was done to us, and, and, a, and a trust for the future. And that's kind of what we see in, in the situation of Israel with, with um, Jacob now coming, 
putting his blessing on, okay, this is what God has done. Here we are. This God has worked redemption through this thing. We'll let go of what happened and we'll embrace the moment. And you know, a lot of times what undermines us in the spiritual life is we, we don't embrace that redemption of God as has brought us to where we are and his real work in this real life. We, we still think about, gosh, I wish this had happened this way. And, and we're, we're, we're still holding on to, that's how we don't, that's why we don't forgive. We're holding on to bitterness about something that we can't let go of. And therefore what somebody did to us in the past is still governing us in the, in the present. We're mad and we won't let go. And so for God's work to, to, um, come into our lives, for us to embrace his new creation, we have to let go of that. We have to be willing to see what God has done through that, either what was done to us or what we did, how God used that, and accept forgiveness and forgive, and accept the good that God has given us in our real lives and not focus on the good we wanted in the life we don't have. Because any life other than one we have in any world other than the world that is, is a fantasy world. It's not real. It's a world we've created in our minds and hold on to. And this is where people get undermined in the, in the, in the pursuit of contentment is they wish things were this other way and they're holding on to fantasy world. Even, even the whole people get into, you know, complaining about, about their families or something, their mother, their father. But the reality is that if anything were different about your family, you probably wouldn't be alive. Your very existence required your parents to be together on that night. And one twist in, in, the, in the plot line uh, makes it that, that probably you're not even here. And so this is why we have to learn to embrace life and God with us as life is, not life as we wish it were. And, and that's accepting God's redemption and his power in our real lives. One last note about the, the Genesis lesson is that this is the first, the blessing to Judah here in Genesis 49 is the first um, indication that salvation is going to come through the tribe of Judah of whom King David will be a descendant. And, and Jacob passes over Reuben and Simeon and Levi Reuben because he slept with one of his concubines, and that's a no-no, and, and Simeon and Levi because they were, they angrily wiped out a village in, in the rape of their sister. And so he goes down to the fourthborn, which is Judah, who holds the royal scepter, and King David's going to come from that line. So it's a very important prophecy there. And just a final note on, on the First Corinthians lessons as it applies to contentment. What St. Paul was really caught up here in, in, Corinthian, in the Corinthian, Corinthian discussion about spiritual gifts is the people with showy spiritual gifts are showing off. I speak in tongues. Look at me stand up and do this thing. And um, I, I do things that are, and they're not aware of their own ego in it. And St. Paul is saying in 14, uh, do the things that edify, and that edify is really building up building up the body of Christ. And that's all that really matters in our spiritual gifts. We had the chapter on love. It doesn't matter if, if, if we're visible, if, if we have a visible gift that people pay attention to and we're doing it selfishly and really aren't um, 
seeking the good of the other, then, I mean, God may use it like he used bad things in the Old Testament, but it doesn't, doesn't profit us. So the contentment of our lives is accepting who we are as people, the gifts we've actually been given, not the gifts we haven't been given, uh, the opportunities we have, not the opportunities we don't have, and then work for good. And as we actually use our gifts and serve people, we'll find that people actually respond to those gifts and are grateful. We, we become fulfilled. We build the body of Christ. And that's contentment in the real lives we're living, not discontentment in the lives we wish we had. So the overarching message is one of providence. And that might be a Lenten thing to reflect on. Just consider your story. Consider God's providential ordering of your life, all the things he's done through the, the bad things you've done and been done to you that have brought you to a place where you now know him and can live in him and rejoice in that. Rejoice in what is, not what is not. A few thoughts about today's lessons. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thy unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Wednesday. Thank you, Father John. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Scarlett. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye, kiddos. Thank you, Thank everyone. You.